The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Brett Okamoto will be joining us shortly. And um, hi, Matt. Good to see you. Hi, Jimmy. I'm a bit under the weather. A little bit of a cold. Are you? Are a you? little bit. Nothing crazy. A little. A little bit. I I taught some jujitsu this morning at Sarah BJJ Huntington, New York. Okay. And uh, I'll be teaching another couple of days, and I'll be with you another couple of days, and then I'm going on a jet plane across the uh, pond. Oh, that's right. You're going to London. I'm leaving on a jet plane. You know? Yeah. How long yeah. are you going for? Three or four days? Oh, that's right. You're going over there for that thing with GSP. Yeah, for the love of MMA, it's called. It's like a, it's like a MMA, ex, um, what is it? Uh, like a meet and greet. Yeah. Maybe I'll show a... Exhibit kind of thing where you guys will yeah. talk and teach a class. A lot of people in that this thing, man. I think Anderson Silva, Vita Belford. Ah, Leon Edwards, I just heard. So you got some new school guy, new, you know, the champion there. Sure. Some old school champions, you know. Are you looking forward to it? Isn't that, isn't that a fun thing? Like you're just getting to travel and you just kind of have to hang out and talk about something you love to talk about anyway. Yeah. Like, listen, man, I'm a people person with the right people. Right. I mean, with the wrong people, I just like to be a hermit. You're a problem but, with uh, the wrong people. I have a good, I like to have a good time. Yeah. Having a good time. And uh, it's called For the Love of MMA. For the Love of MMA. So you can look that up on Instagram. Question for you. Yes. What? Now, I know I, I took Blades. I thought he would drag Sergey into deep waters. You took yeah. Sergey. Did you pick him in the first round? Well, or second. I don't know if you're being what we no, call not. a Weisenheimer. Because I, I picked Blades in the fourth round. Oh, you switched. You had Sergey at first, right? No, I did not. I'm a oh, we both took him. Okay. I'm a Curtis. I'm a Curtis Blades fan. Who did Sergey lose to in uh, the UFC? Was it a UFC loss? Let me see. I have his. It's in one in the UFC. Who did he lose to? I will tell you in one I'm second, you, sir. I'm 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 humming the theme of Jeopardy, and I ain't seen. No, no, hold on. Let me check. I'll look it up. Well, you could, but let's see if Jake the producer Overeem. How did Overeem oh. beat him? Alistair Overeem. How did TKO? TKO. First round to uh, TKO. <laughs> Holy shit. And boy, he looks like he got over that. 
Yeah, he sure did. Um, and Curtis Blades has had that. And I remember we talked about this. I mean, anyone has a, a you know is is in danger of getting hit by Francis or Derek Lewis, but that he hasn't even lost decisions, Derek. I, I'm sorry, Curtis. I, I believe it has just been guys like like those giant heavy punchers um, landing the right shot on him. So that's a, that's a tough like, thing to overcome. I feel like poor Curtis is you know. It's one of those, um, you know, the bridesmaid, never the bride, everything. Yeah, like, look, like, Cowboy always getting close, and then he gets taken out. He just beat, he just beat, um, before this, who's the tough cop from Philly, former cop? Oh, Darkus. Darkus. And I asked him, but that was an injury. But yeah, you're starting to think, like, man, this guy's it's about to be Curtis Blaze's time. Yes, yes. Well, Sergey has something to say about that. Well, when you see, uh, I'll bring in Brett if he's in the waiting room. I, we don't need to make him wait. We're just getting started. I have a bit of a cold. Brett's at Brett Okamoto's in the waiting room. Yeah, bring him in. There he is. Hey, Brett. Yes. Yeah, Brett, you're on air on UFC Unfiltered. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Happy yes! UFC Unfiltered. Yeah, welcome. My friends, Matt and Jim. What's up, How you guys? doing? I'm good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We were just talking as you came in. We just started talking about the card. And uh, we both had blades because we figured that uh, Sergey hasn't been out of the first round in a while and that Curtis would find a way to drag him into a little bit of a deeper, you know, he's so brutal. But he has that thing where those heavy punchers have just really, whether it's a Francis or, or Derek Lewis, and not Sergey. So it's like, is blades ever going to be able to get past one of these guys in a spot where he really needs to? It doesn't doesn't look like it right now. Yeah. Huh? I mean, God, this this guy's uh, record is so impressive. But there are times in fights, and it, you see this from time to time. I guess it's it's not uh, you don't notice it a ton at the very very top level, but you just see when guys are are not real comfortable in fights. And Curtis, when he's fought some of those big punchers, he's just looked a little uncomfortable. And maybe that's like when he shoots on them. And even though he only shot once in that fight, he just feels something like, uh oh, I don't know if I can get this guy down. And then, or maybe this, maybe Curtis, like, and, and hey, nobody really likes to get hit, but maybe he really, really just does not feel comfortable still getting hit. I mean, Matt, you know, as a fighter, sometimes like guys, they can, they can train themselves to go through it, but they're never really super comfortable with it, right? For whatever reason, Curtis just hasn't looked very comfortable against some of these guys. You know, you look at his, his with the last fight was Tom, and then the, the before that was uh, Chris Dukakis, right? Dukakis, yeah. Believe so, so uh, you know, with the Dukakis fight, he, you know, he you start to be like, look, he's getting this down, he's landing his hands, landing his strikes. We already knows he has, he, we already know that he has the uh, the rest, the, the wrestling ability. So you know, he's shown that he does have some power. And in the beginning, he was. I listen. I wasn't. I wasn't nervous for, for him until he went for that shot, and Sergey shook it off. Then I'm like, uh oh. Yeah, because that was because at first because I'm like, all right, there's these exchanges. Oh, it's getting it looks a little scary, but he's going to add in. This is what he needs to do to make yeah. him believe he's going to stand until he gets that shot. And then he gets him down and then we'll see what happens. So after each one of those exchanges, it's a little bit of a nail biter. I'm like, all right, wait, but the shot's going to come. And it wasn't coming. But then when it did come and Sergey shook it off, then I'm like, all right, now this, this might be a yeah. fuck. Did he, wait, did he wait too long for it though? Because by the time he shot, he was already a little little hurt. So as as easily as Sergey threw that 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 takedown attempt off, 
was that really his best shot? Because at that point, he was already starting to get pieced up a little bit. Lending the shots with the strikes. That's why, like, people are like, oh, Marab is endurance. Yeah, but what about the timing on his entries? Very rarely you see him getting clipped or – he, and it's not just because he's a he is a bull and a machine, but it's yeah. the timing on when they go to strike, when they retract the arm or the leg, and how you follow them in, and it's an art in itself. So some guys are phenomenal, phenomenal wrestlers, great punchers, but it's how you blend it together. I mean, it really is. Like Marab's a master of it. George Saint Pierre is a phenomenal guy at closing the distance. Yeah, his, his trainer, uh, John John uh, Danner, used to say the art of the shoot box. That's it. In other words, it's a feet to the floor, how to close the distance without getting banged up. Some guy that that's an art in itself. And Curtis is like yet to master that at the, at the highest level. Do you think that it, that Derek Lewis fight did anything getting caught in, in, with that with that short punch uh, in a fight where Derek clearly was not fighting uh, his best and he still found a way to beat him? I wonder if that knowing his timing had been gotten down and, and Lewis was waiting for him to come in and, t- and take that shot, if that changed. Uh, the way he approached that in, in these fights after. Sure, it didn't help the confidence. <laughs> you know, I mean, whenever you get caught with a shot like that, it's probably always in the back of your mind. It's, uh, uh, you know, they make you get stiff like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, I don't know. He only went for one shot, so we don't, we don't really know. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's what you said more so, though, Matt. Like, certainly if you start to lose to these big punchers, then you start to feel like, uh-oh, this is just like a, a terrible matchup for me. I'm cursed with these matchups. But the bigger problem is that lack of blending. Because if you don't have that skill, then you're going to struggle with them anyway. And then, then if you've lost to a bunch of them, then the mental part starts to follow it. But if you don't have the skill to to get them to think about your, your striking and then take them down, because... For whatever reason, he's just not that guy who can like he can't Kamara Usman you and just hold you against the fence and then take you down. He's got to kind of do it in a shot, and his shots are just the timing of them. Just doesn't really surprise some of some of these top guys. I mean, how do you think uh, Pavlovich matches up? I guess he's going to be the winner of uh, uh, Stipe and and uh, and Jones. Let's just say for the sake of discussion that it is Jones wins that fight. Uh, I definitely don't think he takes Jones out in, in the first round. I don't think we ever find out, man. I think John leaves before uh, before then. I, I think I, I mean John's already kind of tweeted, you know, hey, uh, what do you think about my retirement fight at MSG? I don't know, man. I just don't really. I don't think John Jones is going to beat Stipe Miocic and come off of a fight against like oh the greatest heavyweight of all time and then go right into a fight with Sergey Pavlovich. I just don't think that John is like that's going to interest him, man. He's going to be like oh you know that doesn't really fire me up. Like I, I don't think he'll take that fight to be honest with you. I wonder though, for like, didn't he? I think he signed. Was it an eight fight deal, or was it? Is it? Um, and maybe just because he did lose some prime years. I mean, John Jones, I'm sure has money, but at this point, you might want to do a few fights just because. Hey, these are fights that you're going to make huge amounts of money on that you didn't make for the last three years. So I wonder if that would motivate him to take fights that, like you said, maybe he doesn't even want. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I just want to throw this in here. We'll get back to these fights the other night. You know, we'll talk about them. What about the Nate Diaz street fight? Come on, man. I don't know. Nate let him drop his head. He was Nate tried to lower him and then just seemed to like lose interest. And then, and then the guy fell back. He's lucky that guy didn't get really hurt falling. It, it looked I mean, like he did get kind of hurt. Looks like he did bang his back of his head pretty hard. He did, but you see Nate tried to walk him down. I think that's why he probably choked him instead of punching him is he was probably trying to, to get rid of the guy without actually really hurting him, hurting him. And then as he's walking him down, it seems like he kind of tripped uh, and fell. And then the guy fell back and hit his head. Well, you know, 
it is a street fight. Yeah. I hope he, oh God, I hope he didn't hurt him. Listen to me. The guy got attacked. I, from what I've seen, he had, he's backing up, had his hands up, you know? Uh-huh. And then, you know, he's, he's, he's entangled with this guy, you know? Right. I love it. And it, I like, no, what I love about it is that guy's fine today. You heard that guy in an interview afterwards. He, oh. they, they interviewed the guy. Mm-hmm. What did little, he say? I didn't see that. Oh, uh, you know, like he, he suckered me type of thing. Ah, the guy seemed a little, yeah, a little wild. kind of happy about it, to be honest. Yeah, I, think it is, I think the guy's happy. For, yeah, he didn't seem too it upset. Gets the attention, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what I love about jujitsu, man. And the way he finished it, I'll, uh, I'll compare it to the way John Jones, we were just talking about him, how he finished Machida. I know. It was a guillotine. With these guys with the lanky arms, you start with like an elbow up guillotine and then they actually reinforce it. So it becomes almost, he has it, it was almost like a uh, like a rear naked choke. You know what I mean? It gets on his carotid artery. That's why he went to sleep so fast. You got to tell him, under- yeah. you got to tell these guys though, right, Matt, that if you're going to do that in the street, don't do the Leona Machida drop because that's when that guy might have gotten seriously hurt. Yeah. And then they were yeah. talking about a different story with Nate. Nate might be in some legal issues. So, yeah. You're gonna stand and guillotine a guy in the street. I think you got to kind of drop him down. That's why you want to see the guy be okay. That's exactly it. That's that's why you want to see the guy. Just because you don't want Nate to get in trouble or to, or to have the lawsuit or have to deal with legal problems. I would rather deal with that kind of trouble after the fact than us sitting here talking about. Man, did you see uh trying right. to lay this guy down nice and gently, and somebody fucking suckered him? Now he's got a broken jaw, dude. That yeah. he's in a he was a fucking melee. So the yeah. fact that Diaz, fucking uh, Nate Diaz, just put him to sleep and walked off like a fucking PIMP. It was something. It just adds to the legend that is Nate Diaz. He didn't fucking hurt that guy. That guy's not hurt. The guy's walking around today fucking fine. And that's the beauty beauty of jiu-jitsu. You hear this? Yeah. Like, I don't want to bring up um, what's the guy's name that the fucking who just got banned and now he's back. He was in jail. The Tate. Tate. Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, and listen, entertaining as shit, says some cool stuff, says some funny stuff, says some outrageous stuff. But the most outrageous thing he ever said was that jiu-jitsu doesn't work in a street fight. I think he only said that because he had some cage fights and yeah, he got submitted a bunch of them, to be honest. But uh, listen, man, well, look at that. What if Nate would have fucking hit him and fucking elbowed him or punched him? And then now the guy's definitely fucked up. Or then, yeah. then the guy can hit his head on the floor, too. He's got yeah. some... This guy today has nothing but a story to tell people that he got put to sleep. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and that was in the middle of a melee. <laughs> you know what I mean? People are fucking all over the place. Yeah. I, I listen. I'm just happy about, you know, another another win for jujitsu. <laughs> That's all right. Let's go. Self-defense, baby. Come yeah. on, man. Jimmy. Yeah. Did he put his arms up? Because I watched the camera guy was a little off, so you couldn't see everything. Did it did it look like Nate? I always thought he put his arms up to get the other guy thinking he was about to get punched just because he wanted to grab the back of his neck. Like he kind of knew what he wanted to do. It seemed. And then he yeah, put Matt, a knee in. Matt keeps calling it a melee. Like he's, he's Nate Diaz's lawyer or something. I didn't really see that much of a melee. I didn't see yeah. too many other dangers, uh, you know, around Nate Diaz other than the guy in front of him. But yeah, he was certainly, he was certainly confronting. Uh, when Nate. he was con- tied up with that guy. And you, when it pans off to the right, there's other things going yeah. on. It yeah. wasn't just them too. Yeah. So that's what I mean by. Yeah. Melee. What Mr. started it? Did they say? Mr. Let's get Mr. Get Diaz in trouble in a one-on-one <laughs> a fight. Goddamn Matt. melee! He's lucky he got out with his life. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Matt, what happened? Did they know what what started it? 
I have no idea, man. But oh shit! Hey, no one started. No one started something inside on that place. He had something with an influencer who's mm-hmm. like a, a amateur boxer. We right. just had him on the show. The guy Chase ain't that right, Jake, the producer. That's who he, had. he threw the water bottle. Yes, sir. Yeah, That's who he, had. he threw the water bottle at that YouTuber guy, Chase mm-hmm. Demore, I believe his name is. Oh yeah, we, we did have him on. We had him on recently, and he oh. and. I'll tell you right now, I don't think he's in a box, Nate. I mean, if Nate wants a payday, you can fucking box him. But uh, he's a nice kid on the show. I don't know what that came from. I think some people see him in the audience, and they might be thinking, all right, let me get a little something that'll get broken up, and next thing you know, I got a boxing match. Uh, you know, the guy's a celebrity boxer. Sure. He thinks he can get something with Diaz, you know? Maybe it's something like that. You like the you, you you interested in, in Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul? You guys gonna watch that? You you real up for that one? Shit, man, I'm interested in Diaz making money. So yeah. I, I whatever he's got to do, whoever he's got to beat up, I like it. I'll watch that. Um, you know, Jake Paul and I, I Diaz knows how to fucking box, man. So that's what's interesting about it. You know what I mean? I wonder how the weight thing is, but Jake Paul. It's funny, like he fought one like legit, legit boxer, and he, and he kind of lost. <laughs> he lost to that guy Tommy, Tommy Fury. So now he's going. Now he he's very strategic on who he picks. So he might think he could overpower Nate and this and that. But uh, I, I'd be interested. Fuck, you know. Nate won't. I think Nate's one guy who, no matter how big the moment is, he's comfortable. He's a guy that won't allow the any of the shit talking, any of the nonsense around it. None of it will bother him. I mean, he's as as good at that as anybody who's ever fought. So, uh, but the way the weight difference might be a problem for him. And the fact is, one of the things that makes you such a great boxer in the cage is that there's other things people have to look out for with Nate. Um, whereas if you're just boxing, it, it might be a little bit less. Uh, I, I think he might have a hard time with Jake. You know, Andre Ward. Great boxer Andre Ward says that Nate Diaz was a great sparring partner over the years, training in the Bay Area with him. So, you know, Andre yeah. Ward. Yeah, you know, I don't think he's just gonna fucking say that. No, you know no. I mean? I've talked to Andre Ward about about Nate and Nick. Yeah, okay. I've, I've, I've worked a couple shows with him when uh, when Connor fought um, Floyd. Andre was a big part of the ESPN coverage, so we talked a lot about the Diaz brothers, and he he said that they were legit. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's going to be the size that, that gets Nate if if he has issues. I think it's going to be the youth, right? I think okay, yeah, the, yeah, the, but it's not like Nate was ever that explosive type of guy. He's that longevity guy. You know what I mean? He's yeah. got that endurance where he could overcome some shit. So it's not like man, he's getting a little older. He lost his explosive. No, I think he's the same guy as long as he doesn't take his foot off the gas. Like like you know, unfortunately, his brother did. You know what yeah. I mean? And show up not in shape. I, Nate's going to do yeah. the right thing. Yeah, and Nate's that guy that you know you might see him smoking blunts and 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 uh, shotgunning a fucking seltzer or something. But he's fucking that guy's definitely you know he's doing the right thing. He's eating his fucking like he's drinking his wheatgrass or whatever the fuck he does. You know uh, he, he's doing the right thing with his diet. He yep. does you know, he does those those marathons. Who the fuck wants to do that in their spare time? Yeah. You know I like to do jujitsu to stay in shape. Yeah. Oh my! I mean the abs, man. I mean, come on, man. Oh, wrong, yeah. wrong. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Brett. That just—it's like Tourette's. I like the. That's Jimmy all just jujitsu, huh? All that of that's jujitsu. Jujitsu. I mean, wow. don't get me wrong. Wow. I am pissing. I am pissing hot. Not to <laughs> test me. I'll burn the cup. But uh, you know, guys, we'd be silly if we didn't talk about this debacle <laughs> with Bobby Green and Jared Gordon. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I feel for Bobby because. 
Bobby was coming in with that elbow strike, like the fucking, and then Jared did duck kind of into it. I mean, you could say that he rammed him with his head, but he did come in with a legit elbow strike. He went into it. I feel for Bobby, but you know, Bobby's like, look, he was all, he was awake on the ground and yeah, but how'd he get on the ground? He got on the ground by a yeah. battle. So it's unfortunate, but I, I think the right call was made. You know, I, I hate that these yeah. guys are leaving with half a check, but it, it, it's interesting if they fight again because I feel Bobby was almost kind of trying to force the action. Like he wanted to like make it, he was on him. And Jared was taking advantage of that by doing some nice counter striking. I feel the longer it goes on, I want it would be so interesting if it got to the second round because Bobby, Bobby Green's been around, around so long that sometimes he has to find his distance and his, and his timing. So, I mean, that fight was just getting going. That's so, I would have seen it again, to be yeah. honest. I bet they'll do it again. I bet they'll do it again. And like you said, I mean, you feel bad for Bobby, but what are you going to do? Like, it doesn't happen all the time. Like, a lot of times we see headbutts, but it, maybe it's a cut, and, and, or maybe, like, the fight can continue. The way in which it happened, where the referee missed it at first, and then it led to the finish, like, there's nothing you can do. I mean, Jared Gordon doesn't, doesn't deserve a loss on his record in that case. The thing that you feel bad about is the money thing, right? But that's that's not really a replay issue. That's just a that's a contract issue, you know? I mean, <laughs> It's, that's that's how the sport is, is situated. So, and they should use uh, replay. I don't know. I, I I'm always for replay. Like I don't know why that there's this this thing people think that well the replay takes something away from the fight or the game. I, I don't think it does at all. I think getting the calls right is you know it's important. These guys, one win or one loss, could be the the difference between eventually getting a, a, a title fight. I mean, it, it's ridiculous to have somebody lose um from a headbutt so i think they should all be using replay i don't know what states are not using it but if they're not of course they should use it yeah shit man not to bring it up it was ages ago what fucking joe rogan oh it was a headbutt this was ages ago and i still think about this i don't think about it a lot but we brought up headbutts when i was fighting matt hughes and our head my head kind of hit his chin but i knocked him down with a fucking overhand anyway uh, guys let's get back to the action <laughs> Hey, would you would you have liked replay then, Matt? Of course you would have. You say a rematch? The guy got hit by a train, you sick fuck. I don't replay. want a rematch. Replay. Know, oh, okay. <laughs> Bad taste. Boo-hoo. Jimmy, listen. Listen, six cents of humor, Brett. Don't laugh at that. No. Uh, guys, yes, I would have liked the replay. Yeah. I, I don't understand why every sport isn't using it for everything. It just takes too long if you use it too many times. But if it's something that, that ends the fight. I <clears throat> mean... Oh, how often does it actually get used? You only need it like right. once every month or so. So I yeah, think it's it, not that often. The only reason to say the other states don't do it is just because they're kind of lazy and they don't have regular meetings and and you know the the uh, I guess I don't know the motivation to implement it. But there's really no reason against it. Gotta, so there's really nobody fighting it. It just hasn't. It's one of those things that hasn't come up or been pushed for. But nobody's actually actively pushing against it. Yeah, no, not that I know. Can I just say I got one of my favorite scars? You see that above my eye? See this thing was fifty. Doctor Wilbur in Indiana did that in the uh, in the ER from Chris Lyle. First round we clashed heads, and I did have a nice size vagina on my face. And I'll tell you, the guy who stitched it up. I remember him doing it. And Longo's looking off to the side like this. I go, oh, fuck, Longo. I would have been getting onto airplanes months after that. And the, 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 the fucking the flight attendant would be like, oh, ooh. oh, wow, that's it. I'm like, oh, thanks, lady. People would tell me to put vitamin D on it, vitamin B. Uh, I, vitamin why? E, Matt, vitamin E. 
I think it's vitamin E. Maybe that boy, I didn't, it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, you're putting vitamin C on it so you don't get a cold. It's vitamin it's E. Listen to me. I wish that thing would stay more. God damn, does that make me look tough. Let's get back to some MMA news. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Brett, we have fun. We like to keep it light here. I see that. No, I don't. Yeah, that we have very little accomplished. Matt <laughs> always remembers people we've had on. I did not remember we had that influence on. I did not tie that in. I, I know that that, uh, what was the country singer we had on? He just made the news for doing something with Bud Light. Garth uh, Brooks. No, he didn't have Garth Brooks. <laughs> Fuck. Do you don't remember who he is? I'm sure. Uh, you guys, you guys like having MMA people on or not MMA people on? I prefer if they, I want MMA people or someone who at least watches MMA. Like Bradley Gilbert. Bradley Gilbert. Like he's a real fan. Like he nice watches guy. every pay-per-view. He watches the fight nights. Um, I always prefer if they at least really like MMA because, you know, it's more fun to talk about MMA with someone who isn't into it than just their, you know, I don't really care about the rest of the stuff they want to promote. Yeah, he's friends with Cowboy too, correct? Yeah, he's friends with Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, man. All I do know is the fucking... Talk about edge of your seat. Jeremiah Wells versus uh, Semi the Jedi, Matthew Semmensberger. Yeah. That was stupid. I'll tell you right now, I, they were almost, the, the way that fight started when Semmensberger, I'm saying right, Semmensberger had him hurt with the opening strike. It was like, oh, and even, uh, who was it, Paul Felder? They were like, I didn't see this happening. And next, and for him to recover, you got to give it to Jeremiah Jeremiah Wells for the way he re- had that, the way he had to just fucking recover. How he recovered from that fucking onslaught in the beginning was something else. And yeah. then the second round was almost a repeat of that. In the beginning, it started off extremely rough, and then again, he just fucking persevered. I, I mean, <laughs> hell of a fight. Didn't you think, Matt, in the second round, though, that uh, I thought uh, it, it wasn't as bad for Wells? I thought he did he did, he did drop, but I thought he came on strong a lot earlier than he did in the first. Uh, and the judging is kind of what I, you know, because me and Bobby Green had that disagreement about the, the judging or the way fighters look at judges. But uh, th- 30-27, two guys gave, uh, gave Wells that, uh, and then 29-28, Semelsberg. It's just such an odd completely opposite way of seeing it. Um, well, I, I, I didn't think that 30-27 was fair. I mean, I, I thought that he definitely lost. I thought he lost the first round. I thought Wells lost at least the first round. He lost that. Listen, now, who was the closest to ending it? Probably 
Matthew Semisberger. Yeah, I didn't uh, think I didn't think he, Matthew was that hurt by the end of the first. Even though he was in a bad position, I didn't think he was hurt as much as as, as Wells was hurt. But how crazy is it? Unless you go by the ju- the, the rule of him uh, getting dropped, and that's an automatic ten eight type of thing. Because if you don't go by that, besides him getting hurt in the very beginning, he won the whole rest of it. He won the whole rest of that fight that round. He did. I mean, I mean, Matthew got away, but I think Jeremiah got him down again. He, he stunned him more than once in the first round, though. I thought the second round, you're right. I thought that the second round, it was uh, Wells uh, had a much better round after after getting initially, I think, put down. But I think in the first round, uh, Semmelsberger had him hurt uh, definitely more seriously and, and for a longer period of time than he did in the second. The first round was the only one in question. Okay. So yeah. either way you look at it, he beat him at least two rounds. If, even if you give it 29-28. I don't mind him getting the decision, but I'm saying then somebody else sees it 29-28 Semmelsberger. It's like it's it's just whatever they're putting emphasis on is the opposite. What do you think, Brett? Yeah, these days, as long as they get the the right winner, then you can't split hairs about the cards, right? I was always one of those people who thought that uh, the judging, the, that the hate on judging was way overblown. Not that there weren't some bad scorecards, but I was like, guys, it's not impacting much. It's not happening very often, and the fights that are split are very close, you know. But lately. Lately, there have been some weird scorecards. There have been some some weird scorecards in 2023. I feel like judging is getting worse for some reason. I'm not sure why, but I got to admit that like I was kind of downplaying bad judging in this sport. And recently, man, I just may, I don't know. And I don't really think it's just because like, like we're louder about it. Like we've always been loud about it, to be honest with you. Everybody's always complaining about judging. I just feel like it's more legit lately. I don't know what's up with these scorecards, but there have been some wacky ones. Is it because the judges are not, are, are they not held as accountable as other people? Like, like if they get it wrong, there's no real penalty um, other than, well, that's how he saw it. Or are they just emphasizing different things so completely? Like some guy puts so much more emphasis on ground control and takedown, uh, takedown attempts or takedowns. And some guy puts so much more emphasis on strikes or on, uh, again, again, dropping him. Like, but when you look at Wells and, and Semlesberger, they did get the right decision, but the fact that t- t- they see it so completely differently, um, you know, like an umpire in baseball might have a wider strike zone, but he doesn't put a different emphasis on balls and strikes. Um, you know what I mean? Like you kind of know what you're going to get there, but with this, it really is a crapshoot depending on what that particular judge I guess, decides to put more stress on or, or give more credence to. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way the system is right now. You know, I mean, yeah. it's hard to really completely define what's what's going to go into judging around. But I do think it's a lack of accountability. I don't think like when these guys screw up or when they're on the wrong side of a split decision, I don't think that the uh, the deterrent is very strong to, to get them to fix it. And also, I just think that uh, these guys um, – well, you can't really even say this because some of the wacky scorecards come at the very beginning of the night. But sometimes these guys are like sitting around and you guys know if you've been to a card and you're sitting there for like seven hours and you're you're judging round after round after round. I think it can be mentally exhausting. So by the time you 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 go up and, and you're you're doing that uh, main event and it's, you know, sometimes on the East Coast, it's like, you know, midnight, close to 1 a.m. And you've been judging fights since 4, 4 p.m. I think you're just kind of in a mentally state, not super sharp. I think that has to do with it a little bit. Well, I think those motherfuckers better do their some espresso because we need them sharp and we need them alert. And they got a job to do, man. Yeah. Or do rotating oh, judges. Can you do, do a rotating they, thing? They, they do rotate, but I think that maybe they could add in a few more. Or, or oh, they already do off. that. I didn't even know they did that. Different ones. Maybe just have a set for the prelims and a set for the main card. Oh, okay. But, um, no, right now, what it is is they rotate. They rotate a little bit. Yeah. 
So you'll do a few fights and then step out and then somebody else will do it. I didn't realize they did that. Yep. Okay. Um, so I guess that's not the solution. How about open scoring? I mean, that's been talked about before. Didn't they, did they try that somewhere where they were going to try that somewhere? In Kansas. Yeah. They didn't in Kansas. Um, and did, did people like it or did they not like it? I don't know. Um, I personally don't like it. I, I just think that, uh, I, I, as a viewer and as a product, like if I was a UFC, I wouldn't be for it because there is just a certain drama that when you go into a fifth round, a title fight, and you got two corners that are like, Hey man, it's close. We, we need this fifth round. We need this fifth round. If all of a sudden, you know, that it's three, one and everyone has a three, one, it really removes a lot of the drama. I think for the viewer, people can say till they're blue in the face, like that's not the case. We'd still watch. It would be great. It removes drama. If you don't know what the score is and these two guys got to go out and they both think they need to win the fifth round, you, you can't you can't argue me and tell me that that is, that is less drama, right? If the fighters want to know, if the fighters are really, are, are really like, we want to know, we deserve to know, if the coaches want to know, if they made this strong push for it, I, I personally wouldn't be against it because I think that they have the right to know. But I don't know, Matt. Like, I think if you ask most fighters, they're like, yeah, sure, I know, but they don't care. They're, they're not really advocating for this. So I... Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it as a viewer. I want to be, I want to be sitting there arguing with your buddies being like, oh, there's no way he got, no, he got that round. And you want, it's part of it. It's fucking part of it. You, even guys getting upset with the decision is part of it. It's how can you, you want to be sitting there when they're waiting for the judges scorecards. You don't want to be already heading out to your fucking car. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how I feel. That's part of the event. And they've also made this like I've heard people who are for it be like, oh, well, you know, they'll they'll still be super aggressive in the fifth round. Like it won't lead to stalling. Like, yes, it will, dude. You're talking about the best fighters in the world who know how to stall, who know how to how to kill time. Like maybe on an amateur circuit in the third round, they're still fighting hard and they're they're going to get a knockout if they're doing it in Kansas under an experimental system or something. But if you're talking about like a Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky close round. But Alex knows he's up 3-1. That dude's going to know how to stall. You know? I mean, th- th- those guys are so smart. They're so skillful. So it would. It, I think it would really it would really hurt the viewing experience. Plus, they did it in boxing for a couple of big boxing fights. And it was awful, man. It was awful. They they announced the rounds. They announced the score, like, after six rounds or so. It was um, Austin Trout. Maybe Austin Trout fought Canelo or something. Yeah, I think it was Austin Trout fought Canelo. And everyone's like, oh, this fight's really close. It's really close. And then they announced the scores halfway through, and Canelo was up like 6 nothing. And th- then everyone just bitched about it the entire rest of the fight. You know? well, that's so what they're going to do. If you have bad scoring and you announce it early, then it, it makes it worse. You know? They're going to be talking about it during the next round instead of being invested in this fight. They, How could they give that round? They'll be bitching about the judging during the fight instead of enjoying the fight. I'm not digging it. I'm just not yeah. digging it. Yeah, I don't think it would be as fun to watch, but I do like wonder would it would it help at all? Because um, it is the only sport where you really just don't know combat sports how you're doing um, and what you find what you have to do in the final round. I just something about it holds the judges more accountable if the people in the room know with every round what they're doing because they do get it wrong and that is a part of it. But we're at a point now where there's so many talented fighters and so much parity that like you look at Pimblet Gordon like that fight could have changed the trajectory of, of, of Jared's career. Like it could have put him in a spot that really uh, set him in motion for another big name fight and then maybe eventually a shot. Um, and I know that does happen, but it's, I feel frustrated for the guys that get so blatantly fucked. Oh, for sure. For sure. And unfortunately, that's just a part of a, a sport that incorporates judging. But there's another reason. And you guys are probably surprised that I have so much to say about open scoring, but I do have an opinion on it. And, uh, 
Another way that it could mess with the scores is let's say the three of us are judging, right? Let's say the three of us are judging and they announce the scores after the third round. And you guys have it 3-0 for one guy and I have it 3-0 for the other guy. I'm probably going to be like, oh, shit, I'm looking at this fight wrong. And it might make me biased in the next two rounds where I'm trying to catch up to your guys' score. It's just human nature because you're like, uh-oh, I've screwed up here. So Maybe, I, yeah. It, 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 could, it could actually right. make the scoring worse as well. That's a good point, too. Yeah, maybe the judges being human would try to go to where the other two judges are going. So even this guy's a shit judge. He, he may do the next round actually unfairly because yeah. he's concerned about how stupid he looks in the first two rounds or the first round. Yeah, I guess Yo, so. Hey, what about this young girl, Lasmin? Uh, I want to say her name right. Luciendu? Luciendu? Uh, I think it's Lucindu, but let me see. Lucindu. Lucindu. How do you pronounce the first name? Uh Lucindu, that's the best I can do. The first name I said. Yasmin. Yasmin Lucindu. Man, wow. That's, dude, she was, I'll tell you right now, Morgan Walker was taking, she, I mean, she's durable, but she had to be to be hanging in there for three rounds with this uh, with this Yasmin. She was tough, man. She was landing. Yeah. She was throwing some combinations with some heat on him, man. And she's got some power in, in, her, in her strikes. And I don't know. She was just on. I thought. I thought, twenty-one years old. She was fighting pretty mature for a twenty-one-year-old. You know, um, thoughts on this girl? Yeah, yeah. It was great. And they kept talking about. I think they were talking a lot about Brogan Walker's lack of uh, not that she was a bad striker, but just how much she was being outstruck and how she was. Uh, she really just seemed to not want to engage. She had a hard, She she didn't have an answer for the strikes and yeah. She really, she couldn't get her down. So it was, it was a, it was a problem. It was a show of, uh, you know, she was just, she just kind of pretty much hung in there, you know, but it was great. It's great experience for you, for young Yasmin. That, that was a nice three round, got some work in. Let me see who's next. Cause that, yeah. that, that girl's got a bright future. That girl was, you know, she yeah. was, she was answering all the check marks in there, man. <laughs> And it's always nice when you see uh, when you see these young prospects, talented prospects, look really good in these divisions that are kind of uh, historically thin. Like that division has gotten better. She's a flyweight, but man, like if I see like a good like like strawweights kind of like this right now, strawweight kind of feels like it's been the same names over and over again. Uh, bantamweight has definitely been that way with the, with the women's fighters. That's just like, and, and obviously a lot of that has to do with Amanda Nunes being so successful, but. You just are like, man, can we get a little bit of new blood? Like the 205 pound division in the UFC was like that for a while. Now it's kind of finally starting to get some new guys, but it's always just, I mean, you see a good 155 pound guy, 45 pound guy. You're like, all right, this is fun. This is cool. You know, but there's something else when it's one of these divisions where it's like, yes, thank you. I need something to, I need something new to get invested in because um, some of those divisions, they just, they just lack some depth, man. They lack some young talent. So it's always good to see. It, yeah, it was happening too, almost at middleweight when Adesanya had kind of cleaned out the division or Jones at light heavyweight. And it's funny, Demetrius Johnson just said something about how Jones uh, would have been dominant if he had stayed closer to his original physique. But I, I don't even think that's necessarily true. But as you're talking, I'm thinking, what about Jones fighting at heavyweight? All these, like when you clear out the division, there's probably not as many fights you're excited about. But in the heavyweight division, there are guys he might be excited about, even if it's not like, you know, Derek Lewis is probably past his prime, but it's still a big name fight. Jones could still hit some really big name pay-per-view fights uh, at heavyweight because there's, there's nobody in that division he's faced. I wonder why Demetrius Johnson would say that considering how well 
John Jones performed in his new form, like being a bigger guy. Yeah. I mean, you can't really look at that and go, well, he might have did better if he had like 10 pounds off him. I mean, dude, the guy just steamrolled zero yeah. gone. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. We, I mean, maybe he's saying that he doesn't need to gain the weight. He's that skilled. I don't know if that's what he's saying, but it, it's one thing if he had a tough time at heavyweight and then. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you? And maybe he will, dude. Maybe he'll get a little smaller. Like if he's gonna fight like a quick guy, maybe he won't look that big. Maybe against Gone, he was just like he knew he was gonna take him down. Knew he wanted the extra mass on him, you know, and it worked out pretty well for him. Like, who's to say if he were to fight, um, you know, like a like a Blades or something, he'd be like, no, I need to be quicker and agile, and I need to have the cardio. You know, he'd probably come in different, man. That's one of the things that makes John great is that he he doesn't come into a fight always like the exact same. Maybe against Stipe, he's a little smaller. I mean, hey, don't forget, Stipe dropped weight to fight Ngannou the second time, and it turned out not to help him. But, uh, yeah, maybe Jones doesn't come in. Because he came in way heavier than I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to come in 230, maybe. I had no idea he was going to come in as heavy as he did. Well, I will tell you, though, the co-main event, Bruno Silva versus Brad Tavares. Oof. Bruno needed that win, man. He was down. Yeah. He lost by a submission to uh, G- the Gerald Mirchard. Yeah. And then uh, before that, he lost to Alice Pereira. So listen, a couple of tough fights in a row. He needed uh, to, to make kind of a statement and get back in the mix. And uh, he did it. He, yeah. he, and Brad's a hard guy to put away. And he took Finishing him out. Brad is not easy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Brad's one of those workhorses that's just, yeah. you know, you know you're in for a fight. So for him to get that is something else. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, the main event on the prelims, really quick, the return of Ricky Glenn. He's been out for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Christos uh, Gagos. Wow, man. That was awesome. I mean, there, there was uh, round one. It was a minute. Uh, what was it? A minute 35? Yeah. It was just, just overwhelming, you know? And that sucks. It's one of those where, I mean, for Ricky Glenn, where it's almost like, ah, oh, man, he – he probably had so much to show when he probably just feels obviously he didn't didn't get to show much, you know. And one of those when you get your mind, you get your wits back to you pretty quick, you're almost like, oh, it's over. But you're like, you know, laces out type of situation. He's like, oh, I'm back and ah, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. But you got to feel good for Christos, man. It's not like uh, he doesn't have his share of losses. When you see, you know, a guy with losses in the double digits. You're like, all right, man, this might be a good one for Glenn. And then, you know, 
That's yeah. a lot of experience, though. That is a lot of experience. So he made it work. Yeah, so. for for a card that didn't have a lot of like star power name. I mean, obviously Sergey's finish was great. Bruno's finish was great. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the very first fight of the night, but Brady Highstand came back and won against Denai. Over Denai, yeah. Uh, won in the third round after losing both. I mean, it looked like he was on his way to losing all three rounds, honestly. Um, he came back and won. Francis Marshall is a kid who's really good. He lost. He got upset. There's some interesting results on this card for sure. Yeah, Denai, it, it, that finish was so interesting too because they were saying it looked like he just gassed, like he just gave up. I mean, I never think a guy gives up because he's not tough. I think it's just because you probably have no energy left. But he was kind of like on his hands and knees just getting – and it didn't seem like he was in such a bad position that he couldn't have defended. So he must have just had zero energy left. But, yeah, that was, that was – I love when that happens. I love when a guy is – it looks like he's about to go down 3 nothing. Uh, four, what is it, 421? Yeah, great fight. Great. Uh, yeah, with 30 seconds left. Yeah. yeah. You want it, Matt, as a fighter, like when something like that happens, when if you blow it like with, with 30 or 20 or 15 seconds left, what is the mentality in that compared to like what happens when if it's a, if it's a first round or second round knockout? Well, I could listen. My first time in the UFC, I fought Shoney Carter and there was like 15 seconds left. Where it's debatable, maybe I would have won, maybe I would have lost. It was one of those back and forth. I didn't really know how, to, know how to pace myself then, so I was just attacking him the whole time. I was getting tired a little bit, and my striking wasn't where it should be. But anyway, a lot of submissions thrown at him. He was all oiled up in a speedo. But <laughs> I was fucking good old days. Seconds, Fifteen seconds left. I was in my guard. I could have stayed down there, but uh, I got up and I. Right as I did, I just ran after him. I just ran straight at him, and he spun around and knocked me out with a spinning back fist. So that was a highlight for years. And uh, it's uh, you know what? With me back then, my 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 thoughts were that was my first time in the UFC. Before that fight, none of my fights went longer than a few minutes. So I fought all local like people and some guys that like I, I submitted. And I remember feeling I don't know how I'd feel about it if it was later on in my career. But I remember feeling like, look, that was my first war. Shoney had like fucking close to 100 fights by then. I had like eight. I go, you know, I was, I, I felt kind of satisfied that I had a war, even though I was so close to kind of winning and I lost. So I don't know. Maybe if it happened later in my career, it would have been more disappointing. Right. I thought I wasn't disappointed, but I almost, I had my first war. So I was kind of like, I remember driving back from AC being like, man, I had a fucking battle. So I don't know. You took I, out of it the fact that you fought really well through the whole fight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at it like that. Otherwise, I would have been like, ah! I would have fucking, <laughs> you know, you got to deal with it somehow, you know. Did you have many experiences in your career where you were just gassed? Like, you were just like, man, I can't do anything. I can barely stand here. Yeah, the Carol Parisian fight was like that, and I'm glad I got through it. I always pointed that fight because I, I had to use a, a, a rear naked uh, choke defense. I did a beautiful arm lock defense when it was full blown on, and I had nothing in the tank. So I like pointing out stuff like that where my jiu-jitsu came in and, and saved me from having to say uncle, you know? That fight, and then the second CPA fight, I was very tired. So there's certain fights where it stands out where you remember it. Like, you know what I mean? And that Shoney fight was a lot of tunnel vision my first time in the UFC. I, it's almost like 3D. Everything felt weird. I remember like, yo, this is rougher than I thought it would be. And then yeah. that goes away over time with being kind of comfortable in, in the, you know, with experience. Was it different though in those fights? Like that fight, you you said you had gotten tired from uh, defenses and like from actually, in, in the GSP fight, did you, you were tired of kind of what it started, right? 
Well, the second fight, I, you yeah. know, I mean, I don't, I, I, that feet the floor is what kills you. So, like, if you don't do enough of the, of the feet the floor leading up to a fight for whatever reason, you're, you'll feel it with the endurance. Watch boxers. If they ever go down or even if they slip, sometimes they're getting up all slow and shit. It, the, the, the up and the down in a fight is what's fucking exhausting, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm, that was reminding me of a fucking, what fight was that where, was it Matthew uh, Semisberger? Uh, so when, it, when he was just getting fighting off those fucking takedowns and then finally just giving it, it's exhausting. That's what makes oh, no, a failed so get up. Hard, right? Also, I'm sorry, Brent. Was that? That's what makes fighting Marab so hard, right? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Because he because usually a guy goes down and up, they're getting gassed also. So when a guy doesn't get gassed, you're like, fuck, man. <laughs> That's what happened with Peter Yan. Peter Yan was fighting off Marab, doing all the right things. Wizards mm-hmm. taking away the single leg. Then it, you just keep doing it. It's just all of a sudden it's just he's not he's getting them down and he's he's keeping that same pace. So even if you're fighting them off in the beginning, it's like, hey, dude, man, who's gonna who's gonna gas first? And it's usually the other guy. So yeah. when Stemmelsberger tried to get back up, and this was a big part of the fight where um uh, uh give me who was it? Jeremiah yeah, Wells. Wells when he went to get back up and he almost got back up and Wells just did like a football tackle, Wah! dude. A failed get up is almost as bad as a failed takedown or a failed shot. It's exhausting. So yeah, so that up and down is what really fucking gets you. You know? Did you ever have that moment like uh, it's like a cliche saying in the sport where like oh he you there's a way out like you can look you can look for a way out like and did you ever like did it ever like go through your mind like oh I could I could tap or I could I could get caught in something just like and this could be over like I, I could. I could get. I don't. I wouldn't have to fight anymore. I wouldn't have to be exhausted, like getting hit anymore. Like, did did you have those thoughts go through your head? You know what? There's always. See, that's the fight or flight situation there. So I'm very proud where there's times where, again, I'll point out that Carol fight because that was one where I was really tired, and that's a bad guy to get tired with because his nickname was the Heat, and that guy almost had endurance type. Like he had a very good endurance, uh, Carol. So I remember between the the second and third round, the doctor even asked, "Yo." You know, watch him and this and that. Longo's, you know, I think Longo asked me, and I was, that's what I was threatening Longo not to end it. So I liked that that was in me. And I wasn't like, you know, because all you need to do is hesitate a second and they'll stop that. Like, you know what I mean? And then you have to live with that. So that that's a, that's a rough thing. So I remember being dead tired. Even after that Carol fight, I laid back backstage for like 25 minutes. I was just fucking, I don't, I remember thinking like something's wrong with me. Something's something physical. And it was, I think I was just, I was just beyond gas, but you really question, you know, it, you, you answer a lot of questions about yourself in situations like that. So I'm glad, you know, and then I can say the same thing for the second GSP fight. Maybe I should have moved a little longer. I, maybe I hesitated too long. So that bothered me, but then I knocked that fright trigger after that. And I got back happy again. Good palate cleanser. Yeah. I had had to cut the palate. Yeah, good sorbet. Good knockout yeah, of Frank yeah. Trigg. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best thing to deal. <laughs> All right. Well, Brett, thank you for being here. Uh, that's I think guess that's it for us. We're we're at 50 minutes now. Um, do you have anything you want to promote and where can people see you? Uh same spot as usual. ESPN. Um, they're letting me do the I, I did the post show for the Izzy fight, which was incredible. Like sitting up there with your guy Dean. Matt and uh and Dustin Poirier and then uh you know after Izzy did that in Miami and knocked him out and you know did the the whole celebration like I was basically the first guy that got to talk to him on that that show so I I would pump the post show man I I don't know how many like 
people yeah. will watch watch the pay-per-view and then they get on with their night but sometimes man like stick around for that that post show because you can you can hear from those guys like they come up to the desk like right right after the fights it's my favorite part i love that they got the shirts off still they're talking all sweating yeah. hey yeah. really quick petty or not petty what he did by referencing to the kid dean thomas thought it was pretty petty yeah. and pretty and uncalled for because the kid was young go ahead what do you guys think so so petty I'm totally here for it, man. I'm I'm here for it. Like whatever you need to like motivate yourself to stick it to somebody. I, look, I'm not promoting like, you know, bringing people's kids into it or like, like bringing people's families and like talking and like showing them in the, in, in like your posts or something like that's kind of a little heads up, but that kid did something to, to Izzy. I understand he was five, bro. <laughs> I, my, my, my son's like two and a half. If my son did that to someone who was knocked out unconscious and then years later, that guy got a little, I mean, it's not like he just got him a little bit. I like it. I like that he remembered it and it still fired him up. I, I was in, inspired by it. Did Alex comment on that or no? Yeah. Listen, I think he did comment on it, but he did say like, and this is where he maybe shouldn't have said this. Cause this made me change my, you know, I'm a father too. You know, I'm the, you know, when it comes to kids, but the kid did that, and then when Alex was talking about this, uh, Alex Pereira, he goes, "Look, you know, my son wanted to do that again, and then when he when, when he beat him in the UFC, but you know, he told him not to. So obviously, the little kid didn't learn his lesson. So you might the father might not have let him, but it's like, hey, you really want to play dead in front of this guy again? I mean, listen, kid, you're not, you're not five anymore now. You're at, a little bit at the end of the day." That's a good lesson for that that kid to learn. Like, even though you were five, even though you were five, like you've been hey. around the fight game, you've been around the fight game your whole life. Like, you do Izzy, that, Izzy can, says, can come back to you. Izzy says, "If you could crawl, we could brawl." I fucking love it. <laughs> Izzy's one of my favorites. That, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, Always fun having you here, man. Thank you, guys. Thank All you. All right, Brad. Thanks a lot, man. We'll see you. And Matt, that does it for us. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to Cleveland, who came out in full. They're, they're full, full sold-out show. So a great, great weekend in Cleveland. Um, and if you want to catch me uh, Wednesday night, Fat Black Pussycat. And then uh, May 19th, Bethlehem, PA. May 20th, Montclair. How about you, buddy? Uh, you know, I'll be with you in a couple of days. And then the following weekend, for the love of MMA, for the love right, of MMA in Manchester. All right, good. I'll be there, shaking hands, you know, kissing babies. I'm not kidding. kissing hands, shaking I'm babies, not, whatever I'm you not do. Doing, I'm not doing anything near babies, but I'll tell you right now, I will be showing some maybe some arm locks, a Kimura. I'm gonna have a good time, you know, because you know I'm all about a good time. My allergies are killing me, Jimmy. Uh, it's only a short couple of days before we hang out again. Yes, I'll see you soon, buddy. All right, Jimmy. Facetime you later. Yes, please do. Bye, buddy. Goodbye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.